Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6. Here's Pastor Ryan. Didn't work. I'm out of here. I don't do that with my marriage. God doesn't want that with his family. And we have to work together and let those things grind out through communication, through peace, understanding, and love, which only comes from Christ. We don't go from zero to a hundred, right? From nothing to the courthouse, dragging you there for little matters. We live in a time where people are 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 running because of little matters. There's no patience. There's no long-suffering. You know what long-suffering is? Is when patience has hit its max, long-suffering. And that's what we need in marriages, right? We can't say, oh, goodbye. That's it. Another argument. No, we're not going anywhere. The Lord brought us together for a reason. Talk things out. And how many husbands don't talk to their spouses at all? How many brothers and sisters don't speak to each other at all? Don't share their gripes, their feelings. They think that the way to go is the way they always have. They they run, they go, they leave. There was a brother who shared with me at a men's breakfast one morning. And he said, man, God has brought me so far, Pastor. Back in the day when I was in the world, if anyone slighted me, if anyone hurt me in any way, I was gone. But now I've learned that's not right. I got to work with people, but I used to just cut people off. And I was so blessed at what he said. So blessed at how God had matured him. The Corinthian church, Paul is saying, dare any of you do this? Is that what Jesus meant before he went to the cross? Love each other as I have loved you? Bounce. I don't think so. 20 years of marriage. She ain't leaving me. But, but, Jesus does say, unless there's something major, sexual immorality, unrepented, leave and protect your home. Unrepented immorality in the church, kick them out divisiveness in the church, they talk smack about the leadership to everybody, they won't repent, kick them out. That's God's way. That's the loving thing to do. Love in the Bible looks different than the love they say to love. Their love allows evil. Just being kind and loving and letting them destroy everything in our society. The Lord is good. And he says to them, Dare any of you having matter against another, you go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints, the unrighteous. The Bible says that this world is under the sway of the devil. This world is under the influence of the devil. Why do we go to them for help? What do they know? They're spiritually undiscerning. The Bible says to wage war with wise counsel to deal with things amongst the brethren with your pastor and the leadership and the help that God has placed there. 
It says here, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, you are, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this life? We're going to judge angels one day. Our Lord and Savior, our King, Jesus Christ, is going to judge the world, the angels, all of them. And we're going to be by his side. We are one with Christ. We are there at the judgment. We are there as witnesses. That's a holy responsibility and job that we who believe in Christ are one day going to do. And God is saying, if you're going to have that holy responsibility in heaven, you're going to judge right there with the Lord, then shouldn't you handle these matters amongst yourselves more lovingly rather than drag each other to the court, rather than do something drastic, blow things out of proportion and go from zero to a hundred? We should. The fact that we're going to judge should change the way we live. We should live better and holy lives. He says, uh, he says here, if, verse 4, if then you have judgments concerning the things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one, who will be able to judge between his brethren? And so the writing here is a bit confusing. The commentators say that what Paul is meaning here is that it is better to have the most least esteemed person who's born again in the church. Like the most simplest brother or sister, man. who They know Jesus. Get them in here to judge this matter rather than a heathen judge. With all of his education and all of his smarts because he's unregenerated. Get the Simplest person in church. That brings me comfort because my door is open. If any of you ever want to talk about a problem or counsels, not that I know anything, but God through me, we're all shocked at the stuff that comes through me. It's the Holy Spirit. It isn't me. But that door has never been shut. My friends have my, my phone numbers and many brethren have used it. And we've talked things out. Others have not. Still have like dad issues or something. My 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 father, my spiritual father, speaking of dad issues, my spiritual father said in our premarital counseling, he said, listen guys, there's two types of fighters. There's those who stand and fight and destroy everything. And there's those who run. Don't be either. You're stuck with each other. Learn to communicate. You have a Father in heaven who commands it and who will give you the power of the Holy Spirit to be different. Does that make sense? Yeah, all right. But brother goes to law against his brother, zero to a hundred, and that before unbelievers. Now, therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. And here Paul says, it is better to just lose out on whatever the beef is. The money. Lose out on the money. 
better to take a monetary loss than to take a spiritual loss, which is produced when two Christians go a-fighting before a secular judge. I mean, like, I'm here to judge some of the smallest matters. Someone, like I said, like if Mario here T-bones you in the parking lot and takes off, and we find out it's Mario, you think I won't call Mario for you? (laughs) Yeah. There's no need to get the authorities involved. God has given his church authority that some people do not respect. And that's a big problem. Jesus is the king of the kingdom. He's not a president or a vice president. He doesn't want our opinion on things. He says how things are and we need to follow it. And then he says, No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat. And you do these things to your brethren. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He's pleading with them. Don't you see? You're cheating each other and acting like the world does. That brother I shared with you about, he will remain unnamed, ended up leaving. The one that said he had changed, he used to cut, you know. And he would reach out to me and, and, and still try to be friendlies over the text. And I said, bro, you got to go say bye to the family. He never did. And the one thing I shared with them in love was, The heathen care about each other more than some of the brothers in the church. They go and try to work things out. You don't even say bye, and I haven't heard from them since. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's a form of hatred. And like I read out of 1 John, that he who hates his brother is in darkness and and is blinded and doesn't know where he is going. You want to know that you know God? John says, by your love for the brethren. See, the wisdom of God is first peaceable, willing to yield. Is what God's saying to you, does it align with his word? Are you loving or are you not? If you're not, if you haven't been, you need to check your stats, the word. Do not be deceived. None of these folks who practice these things are going to... There's such a contrast is what he's saying, so he's pleading. The unbelievers who are living this way, you're not them. Don't be like them. You're going to judge them one day in heaven with the Lord. You are already signed up for the time where you judge these unrighteous people. Why be unrighteous like they are? There's a there, The fact that you've been justified and pulled away from them says that you ought to live differently. You ought to be different. We obey the Lord. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. 
All things, verse 12, are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any foods for the stomach and stomach for foods, but God will destroy both of them. It's just another talk, like talking here about foods. Anything that will, you know, make a brother stumble. Love is the key thing, not our liberties. Love. Paul is trying to get the church to love because a God, a church who loves God and loves one another will grow. But if there's a lack of love, there is no growth because of a lack of love. Love is key. Like I've said many a times, the greatest, the greatest, um, blessing that anyone ever says when they come to our church for the first time compliment is this is a loving church the love here is tremendous amen praise God for that we do a lot of things because of love foods are going to be burned the stomach's going to be burned the body's going to be burned we're going to have a new body all things are lawful for me but not all things are helpful a little controversy of our church, it shouldn't be. Is in order to serve at our church, you, you got to be willing to put the bottle down. Not a beer, not a glass of wine. Why so restrictive? Why so legalistic? I'm not an alcoholic, but I've been around the block. I've been, I was drinking since I was 14 years old. Drugs. They say marijuana is a gateway drug. It's not. It's alcohol. It led to everything else. Smoking crack, PCP, coke, speed, acid, all mixed together and all in one night many times. I'm, I'm surprised I can still function today. PCP. But it all started with, with the drink. But I restrict myself not because I'm an alcoholic. I restrict myself because I love God's people. I don't want you to stumble if you see me or hear of me drinking. You know what I mean? Too many families and marriages have been destroyed. Have you ministered to the kids? Because I have. I've ministered to the kids. In that office, I've ministered to broken families. I've been at this for a long time, and it's devastating. And those who want to continue drinking, you have to pray about it and look at the destruction that it does. We used to make fun of people in my neighborhood who couldn't handle their alcohol, who didn't drink anything less than like a 12-pack, you know, or more than a 12-pack. It was just like we used to pound. That's what we called it, pounding, like beer after beer after beer. We weren't drinking to chill with our grapes and our cheese and crackers and our vino. It was more for the destruction of reality. I needed an escape. And so on the application, we asked people to please refrain so you can serve with us. Because we've had youth leaders like on Facebook with, this, with the Coronas. And, and the youth are like, oh, okay, I guess that's good. All right. And then they stumble. And then they stumble, and then they stumble, and then they stumble. You think the alcohol is the same level as it was during Jesus' time? You think the marijuana today is the same as in the 60s? 
The stuff I smoked in the 90s made the stuff in the 60s look like a joke. The stuff the kids are smoking today is a joke to what I smoked in the 90s. Alcohol has been elevated so much and it's so powerful that the that in California law, if you've had one beer or one glass of wine, you are considered drunk to drive. You can't drive. Why? Because the courthouse are inundated with families being killed and hurt. Don't misunderstand me. My office is open. Talk to me. I'll share with you more of the same story after story after story after story after story after story. Peter in his epistle said, have a fervent love for one another because the days are at its, at their end. So when Christ comes, I want him to find this church loving Christ and one another. Working things out, talking things out, not bouncing, not hating on each other, not divorcing each other, working things out, but also don't make someone else stumble. A wonderful, wonderful person said one time I heard that if I can't give up a glass of wine, I may be an alcoholic. I like that. I'll use it forever and ever. Yeah, what's the big deal anyways, right? I won't drink of the fruit of the vine until I'm with my Lord. And up there, I'll, you know, I'll drink up, I guess. (laughs) And eat. Romans 14, please. Verse 19. Amen? Therefore... Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. That means to build up each other. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Does that make sense? I mean, there it is. You know, it's like, as we grow in maturity, how does God measure maturity? How much knowledge we have? Doesn't the Corinthian church have knowledge? Right? They thought they knew what was going on concerning ministry. This is how it should be done. No, 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 no. How it should be done is love. Love. That's how God measures ministry. Love. That's why I'm so blessed for the compliment that this church is a loving church. Pastor Chuck used to say, well, I'm more restricted now than I've ever been because of my love for others. My love for others. I would hate to make one of those little ones who believe in Christ to stumble. Imagine them seeing me with their family at the, at the stinking Stater Brothers with the, just a basket full of uh, modelos or something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh gosh my brother Mike works in Seder Brothers and he's got to like stock stuff and stuff and one time I saw him stocking that area put it down Mike you don't need it anymore <laughs> he goes pastor I work here 
<laughs> it was cold, so he had his sweater on. And so the, I couldn't see the Stater brother thing. So. Here's a U-turn for Christ, man. My pastor will treat you well. Yeah, that's funny. Anyways, do you not know foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality. There it goes. More about the fornication, guys. I'm not just saying this. It's all over the Bible. Be holy, right? Uh, you know, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Our bodies are for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. I, I heard a, a pastor say about how the whole teenage or even the dating thing, you know, where the holding of the hands and the, and the uh, physically affectionate or whatever, emotionally uh, connected. When that's over, even if it's not a sexual thing, it's not easily erased. In the world, in the BC days, there's people out there when we were in the BC, BC stuff, before Christ stuff. But how terrible would it be to be in the house of the Lord and say, oh, that brother and sister, oh, I used to hold his hand, I used to, you know, because we, we test drived before we got married to other people. We scammed and jammed. You ought not to. You're going to judge those who scam and jam one day, so be different. Tell the kids, don't awaken love until it's time, and when they're married, they can have a blast. Does that make sense? Yes. Our bodies belong to the Lord. If we go out there and, and, and Christians are sexually immoral, they drag our king through that mud with them. It's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. And the reproach is not easily wiped away. We desire at our church to get people to the wedding aisle holy. That's our heart. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Be diligent. Don't, oh, I don't know what they do. You should. Right? You should. Um, verse 18, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are his. Again, why should we love each other? Because we were bought with the price. Why should we be pure? Because we were bought with the price. Why should we be pure? Because we were bought with the price. Why should we love each other? Because our king who purchased us 
with a heavy purchase, says love each other with a fervent love. Not a Mickey Mouse love, a fervent, real love. Where the Lord says, if your brother sins against you, you go to him. Oh, there's the test, isn't it, though? There's the test. If our bodies belong to the Lord, then maybe we should walk more, some of us. I know I could use help in burning some LBs. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.